can be seated. First John, that's where we're going to be at. I just read one verse. I wanted you guys to, you guys have been standing a lot this morning. That's okay. So I had you stand for one verse. Um, Seth had asked me Wednesday night if I could, uh, if I could preach. And uh, oh, there he is. I didn't know if he'd made it down. The, I don't know if we'd have to help him down the stairs or not. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I battled back and forth on on what to preach, and First um, John, this, is, uh, this has got one of my favorite verses in here, but I'm going to go ahead and read, if you can, the words will be on the screen, I'm going to go ahead and read this whole chapter, uh, you guys can just be seated for this, First uh, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declared we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4 again, and these things write we unto you. That your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard from him. And declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him. And walk in darkness we lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. How many in here remember the full-service gas stations, uh, old-timey full-service gas stations. Yeah, raise your hand if you remember those. So, so quite a bit, that's what, and sadly enough, I'm old enough, you know, not knocking any of you old folks, but I'm old enough to remember that too, and I remember sometimes coming home from, with mom on school, sometimes we'd stop it in, in Jackson County, Johnson's Garage, that was one of them, that was just a full-service gas station, and, and full-service, what's that mean? They, they do it for you, right? So you would pull up to the gas station, Tenant would come out and he'd say, how can I help you? What was a phrase we'd often say? Fill it up. Or if you're from Jackson County, fill her up. That's the title of my sermon this morning, fill it up. So my problem these days is when I go to gas stations, that you don't, you don't, I, is there any full service gas stations around here? I don't, I don't, if there is, I don't know where one's at, but we have to pump our own gas. I know that. Us being lazy Americans, that's hard to do, right? So if I, my problem is, if I go to a gas station and I get out, I'm not just going to pump my gas. I have to go in the store and see what I can find, right? I have to go get something to drink or a, a candy bar. It, it drives Lauren crazy, absolutely crazy, because we live, I don't know, we're probably 500 yards from a shell station at our house. Now, I get gas there a lot. You'd think I'd just wait till I got home to get something. But if I get out, sometimes like on Wednesday night, she'll say, I need gas. We'll it'll be 8, 30, 9 o'clock before we're heading home. And we stop at the Shell station to get gas. And I take off. She's like, where are you going? I'm 
go get something to drink. I mean, I'm just, that's just how I am. I usually go get a chocolate milk or a, a candy bar or something because even though I'm not thirsty, even though I may not be hungry, I try to find something to fill me up, right? And because I feel empty. My gas tank's empty, but my stomach's also empty. At least I like to think it is. I could be wrong, but I think a, I think a lot of us come to church and we're empty. We might be half a tank. We might be three-fourths a tank, but we're empty. We're running low. Our, our light has come on, our indicator that it's time to be filled up. And this morning, I want to break down 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, or all verses, but we're going we're gonna to key on some verses. I said verse 9 because that's one of my favorite verses. But um, to make sense of this 1 John, this first chapter, you kind of got to you kind of got to place yourself as if you were John, if you were speaking, if you had actually walked with Jesus, one of his disciples, put yourself and you're telling people about God's love, about God's mercy, about God's grace, about how his stretched outstretched arms died on a cross for you. So it's easy to tell that story when you've been there and experienced it. So Matthew chapter 17 I don't have that up on the screen, and we're not really going to even read from Matthew chapter 17. But Matthew 17, if you, if you know it, and you can turn there if you want to, but it, it kind of paints a little picture for us because you got James, you got Peter, and then James, and James' brother John, and Jesus takes them up on a, on a mountain, it says, and transfiguration. Matthew 7, 17, 2 says, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. You see, John got to experience this firsthand. John was there. John got to witness this light that we try to show people. And um, the thing is, when our, when our tank runs empty, when our light comes on, we try to get a, a quick fix, right? We try to run to the gas station. And some people don't. If you're like me, I don't really let my tank get below like half a tank if I'm if I'm half a tank, and I, I got to pick on my mom, she don't let hers get below like a full tank. Like she'll drive the store and get because she says if something happens in the middle of the night, I got to have a full tank if I got to get. Which which is smart, but sometimes we just run empty. We don't know we don't know what to do. We don't know who to turn to. And sometimes we've seen in America a crisis where we there's been a gas shortage. We we don't know what to do if if it's gonna if it's gonna snow a lot. They're calling for. Two centimeters of snow, everybody runs to the gas station, right? Everybody gets scared. Everybody runs to the gas station and gets milk and bread because, because they're low on things. They're empty. Their pantry might be full of stuff. And that's the problem. I heard one guy say one time he gets home late at night and he's hungry. And he goes to the pantry and he starts getting all this stuff. And he, and he eats candy and, and burnt popcorn and, and all this stuff. And he gets full, but he don't get fulfilled. And I think that happens a lot of times with us. We come in church and we... We look to get full, but we don't let God fulfill us. We don't let the Spirit anoint us and, and fulfill us. So in order for us to be full, in order for us to be fulfilled and walk in this light that John talks about in First chapter 1, we got to do three things. And my first thing is well, you got to find the light first. got to find the light. So this, this reminds me of... a. The good old church camp days. And Ronnie Lee, I'm glad you're here. When I saw you walk in, I was like, yes, Ronnie's here. Because I, I get to talk about a night watch guy. Uh, so at church camp, the past five or six years, I've been part of the night watch team. But before that, back in my golden days as a counselor, 
I got to be a counselor and sneak out of the cabin. I was led by, by four main guys. That was Andrew and Anthony and, and Matthew and Braden. That was the four main people that would, we would sneak out of our cabin. And we had, they were the old, mature people of the cabin. They, uh, they knew how to do it. They knew how to, we would plan this week's ahead. We'd dress in all black. Make sure you bring your black sweatpants, your black hoodie, your black shoes. Because we, we can't let Ronnie Lee catch us when we sneak out of the cabin. But I remember this. Andrew, like it was yesterday, Andrew's ringleader. Like he, he knew, he knew how to see in darkness. And we'd sneak out. Some of our younger guys would have their flashlights. And they'd want to pop the flashlight on when you really didn't need a flashlight. And I remember Andrew would say, everybody just relax. Your eyes will get used to the darkness. He would say, just close your eyes, open them, give it a few minutes, and they'll adjust. And eventually you would. When you first got out of the cabin and got in the woods, it's pitch black. You, you, were, you were stumbling, and, and you wanted to flick the light on so you could see. But then, then eventually it, it got a little bit brighter outside. We let sin do the same thing in our life. We let sin creep into our life. We let Satan deceive us. Comes in, and darkness, bam, it hits us. And, and we feel convicted. If, if you are a Christian and you are a pure church member and you sin, you feel, you feel bad about it at first. I mean, you're like, man, I, I can't believe I slipped into this temptation and did this. But then you do that sin again. And then you do that sin again. And eventually, it don't bother you that much no more. Kind of like sneaking out of a cabin. The, more, the, the longer you are outside in the dark to what you seems to be, a little bit brighter because your eyes have adjusted. You let your life adjust to sin that does not need to be adjusted to. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. He doesn't say search for me with most of your heart. He doesn't say search for, with me for me for the half of your heart that hadn't been broken yet. He doesn't say, when you feel like it on Sunday mornings, come searching for me. The key word is all. Seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. You can't give any half-hearted efforts when it comes to God's word. You can't give any half-hearted efforts when it comes to teaching your children about God's word. And it kind of goes back to filling up your gas tank. If I'm leaving Saturday for vacation, I'm going to Florida. Friday night, I'll probably fill up my tank. Is that going to get me all the way to Florida? I wish it did, but no, it, sadly it's not. So I'll probably stop. We go through Alabama. Somewhere in Alabama, I'll probably stop and get gas. Now, when I stop and get gas, what will I do? Get a snack, something to eat, but I'll, I'll fill it up, right? But will I, well, if I've got five hours to go, am I going to stop and get half a tank? No, I'm going to fill it up. Why? Because i got to get somewhere. I can't get half a tank of gas and say, boy, I pray it gets me the rest of the way to Florida. See, a lot of times we come in here of a morning and we're empty and we give a half-hearted effort and we say, give me 10 bucks on this side of my heart because this side of my heart is for somebody else. And we, we get half a tank of gas on vacation and, and pray that we get the rest of the way there. And we come here on Sunday mornings and we get... We give Jesus and God half of our praise and worship and pray that we find him. And it don't work that way. We're not, we're not going to make it because we're still, you're still half empty. 
And, and Jesus says, I want to give you an abundance life, and I want to give you blessings that where your cup overfloweth. The second thing you got to do after you find the light is you got to follow the light. You don't find the light and then uh, turn away and go the other direction. If you're looking for something, you, you, you seek and you find it and you follow it. And that's the problem with us sometimes is, is we like to call ourselves Christians. And I like to say I'm a Christian, but sometimes I say I found Jesus, but I don't want to follow him. We find the light, but we don't want to follow the light. And kind of like church camp, when, we, when, we, when Ronnie Lee's out spotlighting, well, we're looking for his light. And don't let Ronnie fool you. He'll spotlight you from a mile away, and he will, he will catch you in a heartbeat. Jesus says, this is the light. This is the way you should go. Following comes with one other thing, listening. How many has a hard time listening? Lauren tells me I have a hard time listening all the time. I, I said, I hear you, but I, I don't really listen. And, and I know some of you kids in school, Hunter back there, you probably have a hard time listening in school. He's shaking his head no, but I always had a hard time listening in school. Now imagine Peter and James and John being right here on this mountain in Matthew 17 with Jesus, the transfiguration, experiencing firsthand. It says they were all excited and, and just sat there and stared at Jesus in his glow, right? No, it says, if you know it, verse 6, it says they fell down on their face because they were afraid. Because they heard a voice from heaven. It says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And then it could have stopped there, right? This is my son whom I'm well pleased. But after that, it says, verse 6, it says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased Listen to him. And they got scared. And following Jesus requires us to listen. If you're on a tour and somebody is giving you directions and telling you where to go, you got to listen to them or you're going you're gonna to get lost. And see, we like, to, we like to wonder sometimes. You know, Lauren, she'll talk to me sometimes and then I'm, my mind just gets to wondering. And I'm just sitting there in a, just, a, just a daze. And then I'll hear, the only thing I do here probably, she'll go, you ain't listening to me. And I'll say, what'd you say? I think Jesus, I think that's what he does sometimes. He just says, you're not listening to me. I've laid it out right here before. If you're, if you're on a tour and somebody says, up here at the next stop sign or, or the next doorway, we're going to take a right and we're going to go this way. And, and you're, you're, you're looking at what this world has to offer and you take a left, you're going to be lost. Because we wander our way around and we get lost and you don't know where you're going. Can I tell you something this morning? You don't know where you're going. Unless you follow the instructions in God's word, you don't know where you're going. In verse 6, I'm going to read verse 6 again of First John 1. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You know what that verse means? It means you can't come to church on Sunday morning and worship God and then live like you want to on Monday. That means you can't come to church with your boyfriend or girlfriend on Sunday and sleep with them Monday through Saturday. Can we just be honest? It means you can't come to church on Sunday morning and praise God and thank Him for the wonderful job He has blessed you with, financially blessed you with, 
and not give back to him. It means you can't come to church on Sunday morning and thank him for your children that he has blessed you with. And then Monday through Saturday never open up God's word and read with them and pray with them. It says we lie and do not the truth. If I said how many's ever lied in here, I guess every hand would probably go up. We've all told a lie. But it says we say we have fellowship with God, but we walk in darkness. We come in here on Sunday morning as one person and we we wake up Monday morning still in darkness. You gotta find Jesus. You gotta find the light. You gotta follow the light. The third thing, you got to have fellowship with the light. Verse 7 and 8 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Now I'm going to do a little experiment here. Matthew's going to throw some... Two circles up on the board here. So these circles are, uh, these dots are different sizes. So I need you to stare at these dots just for about five seconds. Try to figure out which one you think is bigger. I'm, I'm kind of close to them, so they look different. So I need some crowd participation here. If you think the red dot is bigger, raise your hand. About seven or eight. If you think the blue dot's bigger, raise your hand. Ooh, a lot of people. All right, let's see what size, let's see which one's bigger. Oh, man, they're the same size. What about that? They are the same size. Did I show you that one was bigger than the other? No. I told you one was bigger than the other. And the fact that I got you to raise your hand, assuming one was a different size, shows how easily you can be deceived. How many thought they were the same size? Well, some of you. Four or five. How many of you didn't care? No, don't raise your hand. They, in fact, were the same size. But verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Can I let, can I let you in on a little secret? You're, we're going to sin. No doubt about it. We're going we're gonna to sin. We're going we're gonna to struggle. And I think that's why this verse says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. Because we're going to struggle with sin. But one of, one of my favorite verses, verse 9, I think they're going to throw it back on the screen. Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This verse tells me right here that Jesus can fill us up. Jesus can fill it up. This is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Like if I, I don't like saying I like all the verses of the Bible are good. Even Jesus wept. That's a good verse because it shows that he cares. It shows that he's man just like us, but he's also God because he raises Lazarus. This verse has so much power, so much meaning behind it. Because Jesus says, you just got to confess. Because right before this, he says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. And then the scary part is the next verse. But this verse, verse 9, 
Because God is faithful, because God is just, because God is loving and merciful and full of grace, he says, come, let me fill your emptiness. Come, let me turn your doubts into faith. Let me turn your fear into trust. Let me turn your lies into truth. Because verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. First, we deceive ourselves and just make us a liar. But then verse 10 tells us, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. I don't know about you, but the last thing I want to do is make God to be, a, to be a liar. I don't want to make God out to be a liar. I want to trust God. A lot of songs we sang this morning is about trusting God. About putting our faith in God. About believing in God. And I know some people here this morning have come and you're, and you're empty. You're broken hearted. You've prayed and prayed and prayed for a certain situation. And you prayed until you feel like you're empty. You have nothing left to give. Maybe it's for a spouse. Maybe it's for a, a parent. Maybe it's for a child. Maybe it's just something in your personal life that you have prayed and prayed and prayed. But the very first verse we read today was verse 4. And it says, And these things write way unto you, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Now I know some here this morning are probably sad and down and out. You know, we get we get sad about the silliest things, right? We let we let the we let the most useless things make us sad. Could be sports team losing, could be anything. I see Hunter back there. You go at Hunter, you're gonna be disappointed this year because Tennessee's gonna lose a lot. I just hate to tell you you're gonna be disappointed. We let the littlest things disappoint us. But John says, I write these things unto you that you may be full. John witnessed firsthand, and that's why he said, I want you to be full, because I was there. I saw, now could you imagine, could you imagine just hanging out with somebody for a couple of years, and they say, hey, let's go up on this mountain, and then boom, their whole face just turns a glow of white, their whole body just white, and you hear a voice. Like It, it probably kind of, Kind of scare you a little bit. But then, but then after the fact, John's like, man, this, this Jesus guy, like he is, he is for real. Nobody can bring you joy or peace like God can. This morning, some of you, I can see it on your faces sometimes. Sometimes you're just empty. You have nothing left in the tank. Can I tell you, you're at the right place this morning to come and be filled. All you got to do is pull up to Jesus and say, fill her up. Because he's going to fill her up and your, and, your, and your cup's going to overflow it, right? As the musicians come and get a song, think about something in your life that just feels so empty. We, we run out of gas and we, and we fill up. That's easy, right? But sometimes when we get down in life and we run empty, we feel like, who do we turn to? You know, a lot of people, one of the one of the things that people suffer from the most is being lonely that's like the number one thing of being lonely can I tell you if you have Jesus in your life you should never feel lonely even if you're sitting at the house every day by yourself you should never feel lonely because Jesus will fill you up Jesus will complete you Jesus will do things that nobody else can and that's why John said I write these things so that your joy may be full. Would you stand?
Lord, we, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity, Father, to come into your house and to, to be filled with your presence, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, to be filled with your love, your grace. And I pray that when we leave here, Lord, we, we are filled up. We didn't come in here half-hearted. We didn't come in here looking for a, a quick fix, Lord. We come in here to, to be fulfilled by you and you only. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here this morning that just feels like their tank is on empty, they're just running low, light's been on for a while, just praying they survive and make it to the next day. Lord, I pray they come to an altar this morning and get fulfilled by you. Lord, I pray for the ones that can't be here because of sickness and worry and, and issues, Lord. I just pray that people watching online and listening online, Lord, I pray that you would fulfill them this morning. Pray for every aspect of this church, from children's church to Sunday school teachers to, to Pastor Seth as he's, as he's been injured this week. Lord, Satan will do anything to knock us down and, and make us feel empty. Lord, I pray that you would fill us up and anoint us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.